Hey friends, Kylie here, your host of Dream On with Kylie O'Miller, back for another episode with another inspiring friend, current teammate of mine with Team USA, and a most entertaining training weekend roomie. Thank you as always for tuning in. These episodes are recorded from a live Zoom webinar that I hold through the KO17 Lacrosse app and are constructed into this Dream On podcast you have found here. I hope you are gaining some insight from these episodes from some of the people I have met through my lacrosse journey that have imposed so much of their wisdom on me. We've got another special guest this week, and I'm pumped to get right into it. Emily Paros, some might know her as Emily Garrity, from her pre-marriage UNC Lacrosse Collegiate winning national championship days. She is a bundle of energy and smiles both on and off the field. It's impossible not to try your hardest around her. The ultimate teammate and leader, she is, in my opinion, one of the very best at being someone who leads by example. Anytime you see her on the field, she's busting her butt up and down, making gritty play after gritty play, putting the team on her back in ways that don't always go as noticed as the flashy goals. But don't worry, she has her fair share of those too. Emily is someone I'm grateful to have been roomed with at a few of our Team USA training weekends over the years because I can now call her a good friend and someone that is always there to dance with me during a 7.30 a.m. Zoom workout or push me to go harder out on the field without even having to say a single word. She drops some dimes of wisdom in this one. Here we go. Hello, everybody. Hello. (laughs) Hello, hello. Awesome. We got some familiar faces on here. We're going to get right into it today. We got another special guest, and I'm so excited. Um, And I know I say that every week, but... I'm just super excited about this one because, you know, Emily and I saw each other about 12 hours ago (laughs) on Zoom. Um, We haven't seen each other in person in a long, long time, but we saw each other on Zoom um, and we'll get into that. We'll talk about it a little bit as well, but we were talking about how excited we were 12 hours ago just to sit here and chat with you guys today. So um, without further ado, thank you guys for being here. First and foremost, um, we changed the name of Wednesday Wisdoms to Dream On Live because now it's our podcast um, and now we're doing it live. So we're doing it and that is going to be the name from now on. So I'm excited about that as well. But for our lovely guest today, my good friend, Emily Paros, some of you might know her as Emily Garrity, but she is Emily Paros and she is a UNC Women's Across alum. She's a national champion in 2013. She is my one of my current teammates on Team USA, uh, WPLL Brave. She won a championship with them as well. Um, and she is the ECU assistant coach down in Carolina. So um, we're going to have a whole bunch of awesome questions with Emily today. But before we start, I just want to say thank you for being here, Em. And thank you for being somebody that um, has taken me under their wing at all these Team USA weekends and always has a smile on your face and just always just loving everything about being out on the lacrosse field. Um, and that goes to show a lot about who you are as a person. So thank you for being here. Welcome, Em. Of course. Happy to be here. Just here to chat. Talk lax. Yeah. We do best. <laughs> but we do best. We can't go like 20 seconds without talking lax. It's nope. so, um, so before we get into lacrosse, I always like to start on a good foot. Um, so I like to call it off to a good start here. Three quick things that we're going to talk about that kind of set the mood for where you're at mentally today. Um, so first and foremost, something that you are thankful for today, Emily. 
Hmm. I would say I am thankful for you. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm so lucky. And I think the closer we get to the December tryout date, I, the more and more, I just, I'm so thankful for our team and for the girls that are on our team because they're so inspiring, even with us being distant for as long as we've been. You know, I'm thankful every day for every single one of you guys, but especially you. I feel like we formed a special bond day one. Um, can you please tell the people what that <laughs> bond consisted of? Because I tried to give a little preview on social media and it just kind of made us sound a little weird, but. Yeah, um, well, we are weird. <laughs> and that's okay. For the first times we met, what were we yeah. doing? Yeah, so we were roommates and the first time, we've been roommates multiple times at training weekends, but we were roommates and, you know, you go through that awkward phase where, you, you know, I'm obviously a little older than Kylie and I'm trying to figure out, okay, what is what does this girl want to watch when we're in bed and trying to get ready to go to sleep, you know, is she 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 like a bachelor person is she whatever so I, I just casually throw it out there I'm like so I watch a lot of HGTV <laughs> and boom we we bonded right away so we are uh, definitely yep. grandmas in that section um and then I found out she may be young but she uses a heating pad at night <laughs> and automatically I was like this girl is my soulmate I hope we are roommates every training weekend from here on out so we definitely had a bonding moment um and then the second night i revealed that i eat candy before i go to bed almost every night so between the heating pad the hgtv and popping m m's it was it was just a match made in heaven oh my gosh thank you for exposing me for being way beyond my years in a sense of my body um <laughs> for my heating pad so um yeah that was so funny you you kind of and it's the same thing you know you there's two sides to every story how everybody always says that but you know going into those training weekends like you said you've been there before i'd been there only a couple times i was still super young um and it was one of those first like ones with the first with um this new group and um you know we kind of got paired together and i was like well let's let's see what where this goes right like it's just you're paired with a new person and you're like all right this is this is my chance to be like okay, don't be weird, right? right. Like, don't be weird. Don't That's be weird. Cool. Don't, don't be weird. weird. <laughs> this is a first impression moment and you have to like sleep in the same room as this person. So it's a big deal. Right. And you said HGTV and I was like, all right, we're good. I'm going to be right. comfy tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Take back, relax and watch them fix her up. <laughs> Didn't we, uh, we spent a little bit of time on uh, Wayfair as well. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Cause you were <laughs> buying new furniture for your new place. I was, and I was like, well, we should take tips from Fixer Upper and just go right to Wayfair right now and buy it all. Exactly. And so essentially, we're interior designers as well as lacrosse players. Multi-talented over here. Multifaceted. That would be us in room, whatever room we were in. Um, <laughs> but instant connection, and uh, as am I super, super thankful for that, and super thankful for, like you mentioned, right? Like, we are all over the country, and... I know that this time period has been tough on a lot of people um, in a lot of different ways. And for us, like as a national team and um, as professional lacrosse players, like we usually don't see each other that often to begin with, but a whole year apart is, is a lot. And then, you know, we're going to be able to hopefully get back together 
out on the field in December, like I, I'm just like getting all antsy and excited about it right now. But it's it's so crazy that we can continue to inspire each other, no matter the distance. Like um, for those of you who don't know, myself, Emily, and uh, one of our other teammates, Cookie Carr, who is also a guest here, um, we get up. We tried to do it every Wednesday. We only miss a couple. We only miss a couple, but 7.30 a.m. on Wednesdays, we'll get on a Zoom workout. We'll get a workout from our strength and conditioning coach with Team USA, Coach Jay Dyer. Shout out for the Prone Hip Series. And oh, no shout out to him. He gets nothing. <laughs> he gets nothing. <laughs> oh, those feel Thanks, so Jay, I love you. <laughs> those feel so great in the morning, but... Uh, it's just so great. Like you wake up at at seven and you're like, oh my goodness, like what did I get myself into? But then the second you get on the Zoom, you know, everybody's got a busy day afterwards, but you push each other through the workout. You push each other through the dance moves that we got in between. And um, it's just like, you all have the same, the same mentality behind, all right, we're going to get better together right now so that we can be, take one step closer to being great together when we get back together, whenever that might be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you for sh- for sharing our, our lovely first night story. Um, so let's get into the second thing here. Something that you are proud to say that you've accomplished today? Um, the Wednesday Zoom. What do you mean? That's an easy answer. <laughs> we had a tough one today. I, w- I think we did a total of 80 push-ups in that workout, if I'm counting correctly, and they were not easy. And there was a lot of holds involved. Again, thank you, Jay. Um, but that was a tough one today. I enjoyed it. And nothing gets through that workout more than getting a good dance move when we're holding a VSS hold. You know, we're just here for it. We're here for the good time and the sweat. Yes, I love it. That's a check off the off the list. And then you have a great day afterwards, right? Like we you can't not have a good day. You can't ha- not have a good day when you started off like that. Love it. Um, so let's look forward a little bit. Something that you are pumped to go out and chase, whether it's tomorrow, this week, in the coming months, what would that what would that be for you? I mean, honestly, it's getting ready for December. Mm-hmm. You know, we haven't been together for so long and we haven't played lacrosse in so long and you know, it's, it's making sure that I'm taking care of my body. I'm getting my stick, right. My game, right. My head, right. All of it. So that when we get on the field in December, we're just rolling the balls out and getting right back to it. I can't wait. I know you can't either. Um, but you mentioned something that we're definitely going to get into further down in our conversation today, but um, you know, getting not only your body right and your stick right, but you said your mind right as well. And I think that's so, so key. Um, again, especially when there are things on the horizon that we have a ton of time to prepare for. Um, it's between the ears that sometimes gets in our way. So um, cool. we'll definitely get into that. But, you know, as, as you said, right, we love to talk lacrosse. So let's talk about how you got into this wonderful sport that has connected us all. Um, you know, did you grow up with it? Was it um, something you got into later on? Like, how did you, how did you get into the sport of lacrosse? Yeah, I was really lucky. So my mom and my dad both played in college. So I came out of the womb knowing what the game was, having a stick in my hand. Um, and my older brother played as well. So my dad played at Drexel. My mom played at Westchester University. So both of them were in Philly. And then my brother played at Penn State. So I was the lone wolf that departed the state and and made a name for herself somewhere else. But um, 
yeah, so I grew up knowing the game. My parents started the youth program in my town. So growing up, we really only had boys lacrosse. So that's actually what I played first. I played on my brother's team. I got to hit, I got to wear pads. It was great. And then I realized how small I was and that I probably needed to start picking up the girls game before I was a pancake on the field. Um, so my parents actually started the youth program and then my mom was my club and high school coach. So as well as my dad, my dad helped out with our high school team. So I had lacrosse at school, I had lacrosse at club, and I had lacrosse at home. There was no escaping it. It was meant for me. <laughs> it was meant for you. I it love was. that. <laughs> that yeah. is, you, you know, like some people ex describe lacrosse or their sport, right, or something that they love as their escape. And you just said there was no escaping it for you. Do you still find that same feeling though? Do you feel, do you find that when you're out on the field, you are yourself and like, that's where you were meant to be? Yeah, definitely. It? Yeah. I think that it's always been such a big part of me and I've learned so many life lessons in the, just the game. And I know you know that, but for our younger audience, you know, it's, it's not even necessarily about the sport either. I've learned how to make friends. I've learned, you know, how to deal with adversity. I've learned humility. I've learned a lot of things from the sport. And I think all of those things have helped shape who I am as a person. Um, so I definitely feel most at home playing lacrosse because it's such a big part of me. Beautifully said. You couldn't have said it better <laughs> any, any other time. Um, and I do want to touch on another thing that you mentioned, right? That's, that's really unique to your journey um, that you did play for your parents for most of your career growing up. What was that like for you? I know that, you know, a lot of young listeners, a lot of young athletes, like that parent to athlete relationship is key um, in a good way and in a bad way, right? Like what, what can you talk on? What were some of the struggles that you guys faced as a family? What were some of the things that, that really propelled you forward? Yeah, well, we, we certainly had rules in our house about when we talked about lacrosse. Um, and not to say that I didn't think about it all the time. I really did. Um, but after losses, it was really tough because we're all so competitive, especially just between my parents and I. My brother kind of had his own thing. Um, but we had a rule that there was no talking about the game until after dinner. So everyone had to have full meals in their belly and feel good and full and kind of happy <laughs> before we dove into what happened in the loss. Um, but, you know, I, I've learned so much and my, my parents really built the foundation of my game and especially my brother too. You know, we played hours and hours in the backyard together, whether we were playing pig like just shooting like the basketball game, but the lacrosse version or, you know, taking one-on-ones. He used to put me out in the back of the yard and put a helmet on me and I had to play goalie, but he didn't like that I flinched. So he took balls and threw them at my face with the helmet on until I stopped flinching. So to say I learned how to be tough in my family might be an understatement, but you know, I, I knew they did it with love and for the most part, but, um, yeah, no, I mean, I loved it. There was definitely some times where you need a, a break. And I think our family was respectful of that 
We never pushed each other. If, if I said, I don't want to talk about it, then we didn't talk about it. Um, so they definitely allowed me to kind of be my own player. They helped mold me, but they kind of gave me my own side of it without pushing me. I never felt like I was pursuing the game because it's what my parents wanted me to do. I never felt like there was pressure on me to perform a certain way. They just, they loved the game and because they loved the game, I did too. So I was just as invested as they were. That's amazing. And I think that's, that goes to show just kind of that, that positive side of that relationship, right? Yeah. Um, and that positive side of communication, no matter whether it's your parents, you know, your, your siblings, um, whoever it is that you're playing with. Um, and I also love that you mentioned that <laughs> one, you were getting balls rocketed at your face in your backyard, but <laughs> two, like you said that developed some tough skin for you. And yeah. I can definitely see that in your play out on the field. Anybody can watching you. It's, it's part of, you know, who you are out there. It's part of your identity. Like you're going after every single tough, gritty ground ball. You're throwing your body on the floor if you need to, to make the play for the team. Um, you know, that obviously goes to show what kind of work you put in, in the backyard and what kind of competitive atmosphere you kind of grew up in. Um, and this is kind of a fun question and it came about on our episode with Alex Ost actually. Um, something that like, obviously I can sit here and watch you play and describe how you play and your style of play, but it's never really thrown back in our, at ourselves, right? Like, how would you describe the way that you play or your style of play? If you were asked. That's a good question. Right? Um, the notes, I know. I threw you for a loop there. I would probably say the behind the scenes man. So, you know, I'm, I'm more of a player that thrives in between the 30s. Transitions definitely somewhere I love, whether it's transitioning into defense or offense. I love to push the tempo, create cause turnovers, that kind of stuff. Um, but I get a lot of joy, and this might sound kind of silly, but I get so much joy out of watching my teammates. So anything I can do to help set them up, that and that had been a big part of my role in college and I think I just learned to embrace that um that was something that's that's just kind of who I've morphed into on the field and I know that my teammates appreciate it and that's good enough for me so I'm not necessarily the player that's getting accolades or scoring the points and putting points on the board in some way but I know that the hockey assists and the other stuff matter. And you have to have those girls on the field in order for the Kylie O'Millers to do what they do, right? Like she's so fun to watch. Um, so I like to watch her too. So I do what I can to help her throw the BTBs in the game. <laughs> I will only throw them if I know for sure it's going to go in. Okay. Cause I know oh, yeah, put into getting that ball. <laughs> no, I love it. I mean, that is, it, to a T, exactly. Like, I love that you put it in the, in the term of behind the scenes, man, right? Um, not, not always, like, at the front, at the center stage, but should be. And that's the way that, you know, like, that's the way that you should describe a behind the scenes and between the 30s type of person. Um, the ball doesn't get over the 30 without the between the 30s person, right? Like, the ball doesn't come out of the defensive side without people like you. And, um, you know, you're such an integral part of every team that you play on. And that kind of takes us into, like you said, that was something that you 
developed as a role at UNC. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd love to kind of dive into that a little bit. Like where, you know, where were you in high school? And then when you got to college, right, when you got to UNC, like what was that journey like for you? What was that transition like? Um, you know, playing for Coach Jenny Levy, playing for one of the most highly recognized programs in women's lacrosse, like, and you, and you saw significant playing time right away. Yeah. What was, what, yeah. was, what was that journey like for you? Um, it, it was, it was tough in some ways and in other ways, totally everything I dreamed it would be. So in high school, I, I was kind of the player on my team and that's a lot of cases for a lot of girls when they get to college they're they're adjusting to oh everybody was that girl on their team and everyone's just as good as me um so you know i i went in having uh, I, I had some kind of record like the most points in the country in a in a career for a long time um so i was very offensive minded and i thought i was convinced that I was going to get to college and they were going to make me an attacker because I could score goals, man. I could, I could score. I had assists. I had like 500 points in a year or something like that. Something stupid. (laughs) But, um, I, I was in for a rude awakening because that was not the case. They, they made, they, they kept me a midi, which is what I played in high school. Um, and I, struggled my fall semester, my freshman year, um, figuring out how to train at that level. And it took me almost the entire fall, and this is probably one of Jenny's favorite stories of me. Um, So we used to run the cross country course as a team, and it basically was like a race, like small mile loops and, and different things like that. And you know, our first run, I was used to being in the front of the pack in high school. Like I never had problems running. And then I got to college and I realized everyone's 10 times faster and 10 times more endured. And I was in the back of the pack. And I remember after the first run, I called my mom and I was like, I'm never going to see the field. This, this, I'm tragic. I'm not good at running. I thought I was, I don't know I don't even know who I am anymore. I don't know what to do. And my mom gave me good perspective. She, you know, she just told me, we'll figure it out. So that's what I did. I worked my butt off. I tried so hard every single time. And by the last, um, last cross country race, basically that we did, I won. So it took me from the very beginning when we came to school in August up until November, but I figured it out, you know, solid advice, not very specific, but (laughs) she, she knew, she knew that I had it in me and she believed in me. And if she's telling me to figure it out, then for me, I was like, okay, I can do it. I just, I just have to stick with it. Um, So that was, that was an interesting transition. The lacrosse piece I loved Um, And then I also had perspective of, you know, what my role would be. So that changed a lot from high school to college. I went from being the go-to girl to get a goal in the back of the net and, you know, the girl who's got the most points on the team to, I was in a starting midi line with two seniors. And most of the time in college, your attackers are also the ones scoring all the goals, you know? So I had to make 
a mental transition and I had to find a way that got me on the field. And the way I got on the field and the way I became a starting midi was to do everything else. So my role became the behind the scenes man. Um, and I was fine with that because at the end of the day, I just wanted to play, but you know, obviously being at Carolina was an incredible experience. I had always lost in state championships in high school. So I wanted to win so bad. Um, and so we ended up winning my senior year at the national championship, the first one of the program. And that was, that was just incredible. But, um, yeah, that was my journey from, from kind of high school, making the transition a little rough, but I stuck with it and I figured it out. But again, goes to show like that is something that a lot of athletes, a lot of lacrosse players endure, you know, yeah. um, being, being the top dog on wherever yeah. you come from. And then you get to college and it's a whole team of top dogs from wherever they came from. Um, and just right. your mentality behind, okay, one, we're going to figure it out. Two, I'm not going to quit. And three, whatever it takes to get me on the field and whatever it takes to win for my team, that's what, that's what we're going to do. And that's what we're going to work yeah. our butts off towards. And I think um, that's something that a lot more people should take into that, into that mindset. Not, not as, you know, easy, easier said than done, right? Much easier said than done, but um, you know, very, very honorable thing that you did. And I think it goes to show when you do win finally your senior year, first national championship, what kind of, what was that moment like for you? Guys? Um, I don't remember. <laughs> I honestly, if, if I'm being honest, I, I blacked out <laughs> the overtimes. We had three of them. By the time the game was over, it was midnight. Um, so, and the game started at eight, I think PM. So the few things that I do remember from that game, it, it was incredible. You know, I, I don't remember a ton of it, but what I do remember was the feeling. And I remember the semifinal game being done um, and looking at our team and knowing that we had one game left and knowing that we were capable of it. So, you know, our program had been there before. They, they made it to championship games. And I never ne necessarily felt like they were the shoe-in. And we had always been the underdogs in that scenario. Not to say that Carolina is an underdog now. Um, you know, obviously, they, they've built a championship culture there. But um, going into that, from the semifinal game when we played Northwestern and we crushed them, we kind of went into that game knowing, knowing that it was our game to lose, regardless of the fact that we just lost to Maryland three times that year. Um, you know, we were like, it's okay, fourth time's a charm. We're gonna, it's fine. <laughs> um, but I, I do remember the feeling of confidence and the feeling of whatever it takes to come out the winner is what we're going to do. And, and it wasn't just me, it was the whole team. And we had a ton, we had freshmen playing, we had all across the board. There weren't that many seniors. Um, so we, we relied heavily on underclassmen and juniors and I knew I could count on all of them. And that was, I think what was so special about that team and how we got over the hump of not winning a championship was our belief in each other and you know the trust that we had in our teammates to go the extra mile 
Um, so by the time, and you know, we went into three overtimes and I think by the time we got to that, we knew it, it was our game to lose because we would go every extra step to make sure it happens. Um, but you know, Maryland was such a good, good team that year and it really could have been anyone's game, but in our minds, it was ours to lose, (laughs) but it was, it was great. <laughs> well, you also, you know, you got to do some really special things out on the field, including that. And I mean, that had to be an incredible way to go out, right? Um, yeah. on top, uh, as a senior and graduate with that, you know, and just be able to say, like, whew, we did it. Like, we, yeah. everything we worked towards, we, we did. Um, and then, you know, post collegiately, you get into post collegiate. Um, what was, what was that journey like for you? Did you go directly into coaching? Did you know that that's what you wanted to go for? Um, and you know, playing wise as well. So two on two fronts, right? Like career wise and then playing career wise, did you know that your playing career wasn't going to be finished post-collegiately? Yeah. So I went straight into coaching, you know, obviously with my whole family in the background, it it's in my blood, but it's also something that's given me so much and when you're a coach your ability to reach other people and speak life into them and give them life life lessons you know teaching them about lacrosse is great and coaching is that's a huge part of it but the mentorship that you get from coaches and the life lessons you learn I wanted to be a part of that and I wanted my influence to be great and in order to do that, you got to coach because you're going to you're going to meet and coach and mentor so many more people than you do in a nine to five job, like desk job. That's just not for me. It's never been for me. I can't sit still. So coaching it was. Um, but I, I went to James Madison and I coached there for two years and I tried out for the U.S. team and I made it. So I played on the U.S. team. And then after that year. I, so all of college, I pretty much had two torn labrums in my shoulders and I decided if I was going to play on the U S team that maybe I should, I should try and fix one, at least one of them. So I got surgery halfway through the first training year, um, and then played a little bit after that. And then the next round of tryouts, I got cut. And when I got cut, I was actually moving to Florida um, to go get married, hence the name change. And when I lived in Florida, I thought that that was it because at the time there was no pro team. So I kind of had to come to terms with the fact that my playing career was over. Fast forward a couple months and the United Women's Lacrosse League popped up and I was so excited you know, any chance I could get to get back on the field was something I would have jumped at. And to say you're a pro lacrosse player, how cool at the time that wasn't a thing. So they had tryouts and I went to the tryouts. I made the Philly force and we played, I believe it was three years with the Philly force. So the third year was the same year the WPLL became a thing. Um, And the last year of the United WLL league we won so I got another championship but honestly it's it's been such a journey as a player thinking you're done then 
a pro league popping up. And then in the middle of the pro league, um, Jenny became head coach for the U S program and gave me a call and, you know, wanted to know if I was interested in, in playing. And, you know, I laugh now because I'm like, what did she think I was going to say? No, like why, why would you ever turn down an opportunity to be on the national team and, you know, to play some of the best lacrosse in the world. So that's essentially my return to the U.S. team. We got unfinished business now. Now we got to get to a World Cup. Yes, 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 yes. To all of it, all of the above. First of all, I apologize for not including your UWLX channel oh. in, your, <laughs> in your resume. I mean, that's huge. It's a professional um, championship right there. I don't have any of those. So yeah, man. Um, you got two <laughs> in two different leagues. Oh my gosh. Thanks. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> you've been around the world and back. Um, I, I am so excited to be on a, you know, in this journey with you um, and to be heading to, to December, hopefully, and to be able to hopefully get to 2021 with you. Um, but just, you know, knowing your story behind all of that is super inspiring. I can't even imagine what it's like to go from, hey, my playing career is over. Oh, no, it's not. Hey, my playing career is over. Oh, no, it's not. Right. Um, that takes a toll, um, like we were talking about before, between the ears. Yeah. Um, yes. Not so much, right? Like, and you were going through injuries too, which adds the whole physical aspect of it. Um, but, you know, I think what's really special about this whole journey for you is, you know, that call you got, you received from Coach Jenny Levy. Um, obviously you guys have a special connection. Can you talk about how, how great it's been to be able to play for her collegiately? And then, you know, even now what, what kind of special connection that is for you guys to be able to, to play together again? Yeah. Yeah. Jenny is awesome. I can't say enough good things about her. You know, I, I've learned so much from her from freshman year in college and, and learning a lot in that way. And then just from a, a leadership standpoint, I think she's one of, maybe people don't realize it, but she's one of the most well-read and educated women coaches who is constantly working on herself so that she can work on her team. Um, so one of the things that we did in college every day before practice, she would read us a quote, a leadership quote and kind of talk about it and how we can apply it. Or she would, and most of the time it was a quote from a book she was reading. So I always had a head coach in front of me that was constantly working and bettering herself. And how much more can you get inspired if you know the person leading your program is leading herself and working on herself so if she's doing that i should be doing the same thing we we want to go above and beyond to be the best versions of ourselves um and i think that she she's been such a great example of that and always stayed true to that um and you know she built the program at carolina and when she was hired she was super young she's probably your age maybe even younger um, so, you know, to look at her body of work of what she's done at Carolina and then to be the national team coach, it's incredible. So I have so much respect for her in that way. Um, and obviously we have a special bond in, you know, our class being the first ones that, that got a national championship. That was super special to be able to, to do that for her. Um, but 
yeah, she's, she's great. I could listen to her talk all day long. She's probably one of the most eloquent spoken people I have ever met <laughs> and very organized with her thoughts, which isn't always me, but I've learned a lot from listening to her. At least somebody else has it all organized, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that, yeah, no, I have only known her for, you know, the amount of time that she's been or played on, under her, you know, and gotten to um, listen to some of those quotes because she brings them to Team USA weekends as well. And I've always thought the same thing, right? It's just like, where is all this knowledge coming from? And to hear you speak about having a leader that's yeah. always bettering themselves so that she can better the people around her those are the best kind of leaders in my opinion, right? Like the people who are, are not just kind of like talking at you, but are the ones who are doing the work themselves and then being like, Hey, okay. Like hop on board, you know, right. like, do this together. And always taking that from her as well from the amount of times I've, I've been with her. But I think um, another question that I had on here, this fits perfectly with what we're talking about um, is, you know, one, I guess you said that you've gotten a lot of different pieces of wisdoms for her from her, but yeah. One of your favorite, I guess, pieces of advice from a coach could be your parents, anybody throughout life, throughout your mentorship of playing lacrosse, like what has been some of the best advice that you've received throughout your lacrosse journey? Well, I've, I've got a few. Okay. Um, one, one of the things that was super impactful for me my freshman year was, was actually one of our assistant coaches, Jen Cook, who's now at Princeton. Um, she pulled me aside one day. I had probably the worst practice I could have ever had. And she, you know, calls me back at the end of practice and I'm like, oh crap, like this can't be good. I know, I know deep down, I know I did not have a good practice. So she pulls me aside and, you know, she, she doesn't rip me apart, but she essentially looks me in the eye and says, you can't have bad practices when you have bad practices, it's a bad practice for the team. And you don't have that option because you're a big influence on this team. And it was, and I'm probably misquoting it, but essentially that's, that's what she said. And I'll never forget that because I remember being a freshman and thinking, no one's paying attention to what I'm doing. You know, I'm, I can have a bad day and it's fine. And you know, it, people, there's seniors and juniors and sophomores, there's 30 other people on the field. No one's going to notice if, you know, I have an off day. And for her to say that I, something clicked and I, I made the decision every time I step on that field, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I just failed a test. It doesn't matter if I broke up with my boyfriend, it, you know, for whatever could be happening in my life, stepping onto that field became not only an escape, but an opportunity for me to turn my day around and for me to be a positive influence on someone, um, which leads me to my favorite Jenny quote, which is your influence is never neutral. And that's been something that stuck with me too, because when you think about it, you can't, you can't be neutral. It's you're either positively impacting your team or it's negative. There, there is no in-between, no one's paying attention. Everyone's paying attention to everybody, especially us girls. We're very in tune with each other. So, you know, making the decision every day to be a positive influence is huge. Um, 
but the only other thing that I love that Jenny said was actually at a U.S. training weekend when she said that everyone has their own superpower and that I, I'm telling you, this woman's full of nuggets that, you know, it's, it's such a simple statement, but those kind of simple statements, cause she does keep it simple, stick with you. And, you know, for those who are like, what does that even mean? You know, every, every person on the U S team is great. You know, they're all the greatest players in our country. And sometimes when you get in environments where there are so many talented players and there are so many competitive people, you forget what you're good at and you, you start comparing. And that comparison is the stealer of all joy. The second you do that, you start to, your game starts to fade and you don't do what you do best. So what she was saying is everyone on our team has a superpower. You know, I'm not going to be down on the crease throwing BTBs. Like that's all Kylie and that's her superpower. She can make any shot that she wants from anywhere on the field. You know, she, there are things that she's great at that I'll never do. Right. But there are things that I'm great at that other teammates aren't good at. And if we had all of the same people who did the same thing, we wouldn't be a good team. So that was kind of her, her point behind that. And I loved that quote and I will forever remember that. I steal that one all the time. Too. All the time. <laughs> all so the good. Time. <laughs> it's true. Um, everybody out there, even just like in life, just walking around, you know, everybody has their own little superpower, whether it's their job and their profession, and that's what they contribute to society or whether it is a team of, of athletes that each and every single one of us does something differently. And when you put the puzzle pieces together, it makes one really awesome team, unstoppable team. So, um, thank you for all those nuggets that you just passed along to us. Thanks, Jenny. <laughs> The mentors become the mentees and vice versa, right? Um, I just continue to pass them down. Um, I love it. And I think, you know, something that we wanted to talk about as well um, is kind of like mentally preparing yourself for game type situations, right? You've been in a lot of like overtime games. You're talking about triple overtime, a lot of tight championship games, playing in a lot of big games. How do you stay, you know, sane and calm and level-headed throughout all of that pressure that comes from any of those outside forces during those big moments. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. <laughs> um, I think first and foremost, preparation gives you confidence. So if I didn't take my extra reps, if I didn't run the reps I was supposed to, or condition the way I and prepare for the season in the way that I was supposed to, I'm not going to feel as confident. So Number one, I always try my best to be as prepared as I could be because then I can have no regrets that there's nothing else I could have done when I step on that field in order to, to give my all. Um, and for me, a large part of that was fitness in the beginning of my career. And once I figured that out, you know, you're no longer thinking about how tired you are on the field, but, you know, what's next? What can I anticipate and create? on the field. Um, so that, that's huge. And then the other thing I would say is positive self-talk. It's huge. 
So, you know, we, we encourage our girls to, to do that all the time. And, and some people are great at visualizing. Some people are terrible at it. It just depends on the person. But I always tell myself before games, you belong here. And it's a really simple statement. But sometimes when you are the type of player that I am, um, you don't always get the recognition. And then sometimes you doubt yourself. Sometimes you don't know why you're on the team or what your purpose is. And I always remind myself that I wouldn't be where I am if I wasn't meant to be there and that people chose me to be on that team for a reason and I belong. And everyone to my left and right knows I belong too and I have to be confident in that. Oh, you're taking me, um, you know, you're taking me aback with some of this stuff today. I'm, I'm taking notes. I see some of our listeners taking notes, but I'm I love it. Notes over here. Um, you know, I think that that goes to show just kind of that positive self-talk and everything that you were mentioning, like it boosts your confidence, right? And that's what I think we need in those moments of pressure and those moments of, of self-doubt is a little bit of extra boost and a little bit of extra hey, you belong here. Um, yeah. And hey, this is what, like, I know um, something that I used to tell myself out on the field at Stony Brook when, you know, games were tight or there was a lot of pressure on our team to do something special or on me to do something special, right? Um, that starts to get to your head and that continues, like you said, no matter where you're at and just reminding yourself like, hey, I put in the work to be here. I prepared, like you mentioned. I absolutely love what I'm doing, right? Like, this is what I was born to do. This is what I love to do. This is what I'm super passionate about. Why am I freaking out, right? right? And third of all, like everyone around me, like you said, to your right and to your left has your back, no matter what. Make a mistake, don't make a mistake, score the game winning goal, whatever it might be, they have your back. They know you're there for the reason, the reasons that you are. And um, I think that's what makes lacrosse so special. So, um, I think you also mentioned it as well, um, but you know, making mistakes out on the field, we all did it. <laughs> we've, all, we've all been there and still are there. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I went out on the field right now, I'd make like 800 of them. Oh, so. 100%. <laughs> Let's talk about that. And yeah. how, you know, how do you like, what's your, what's your snapback moment or your snap out of it moment and what kind of like grounds you back into, okay, I just made a mistake. I just, you know, had some sort of turnover. It's not the end of the world. How do you remind yourself of that and be able to continue on and playing? Yeah, short memory is key, especially when the games that we play are so long. Um, so one of my teammates in college shared, they had a rule in, at our high school team that you get three seconds and then you have to drop it. So if, if you made a mistake, you get three seconds to be like, crap, oh no whatever, and then move on because it's not worth it. Um, so essentially what, what I like to tell people is to have short memory, but um, you know, I, I think it's important to, to look at it as feedback instead of a negative event, right? So we, we all make mistakes on the field even the top players. We all sail a ball out of bounds. We all, you know, get our ankles broken every once in a while in a 1v1, it happens. But what is the feedback from that situation and how can you make an adjustment? So you, looking at, at 
you know, a mistake as just feedback for yourself instead of, oh no, um, that, that's a huge thing that, that I try to do. And then the other thing I do, if I'm, if I'm making a mistake and I can't seem to shake it is focus on someone else. So there's 11 other people on the field that number one, no one else is thinking about the mistake you made. You know, they, they, the game's moving on and they're not paying attention to, you know, the one pa bad pass you made because they're probably thinking about the bad pass they made in the game. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I try to focus on other people when I'm struggling or when I make mistakes because my ability to feed into their energy ultimately raises mine back to where it needs to be. So feeding off of your teammates when you're having a down moment is huge. Oh, I love it. I said the same thing when I was asked that question. I don't remember really? when, who asked it to me. I didn't ask myself, but I asked you in that scenario. But I said the same thing. It's so contagious, right? There's other people out there and everybody's in their own head at some, at some point, right? At some point. And it's up to the people, like you mentioned before, to the right and to the left of you to help dig you out of that hole. Totally. Um, it's, a, it's a team sport and that's what we have each other's backs for right? In the deepest, darkest moments and in the highest, highest, happiest moments, um, no matter what, we got each other's back. So um, love that you said, you know, lean on the people around you because it's so important. Um, we are actually going to get into some questions from our KO17 lacrosse family here. We had a bunch of people write in for some questions for you, Emily. You're popular. <laughs> popular here. Um, okay, so let's start here. Ashima asked, how do you pump yourself up for a game? Ooh, it could depend on the game. Um, what do you mean by that? Sometimes if it's a big rival, there is no, there is no need. It's, it's just who you're playing, right? Okay. But I think that can be a slippery slope because then you're playing up or down to your opponent. Um, so when you're playing a team that maybe isn't a huge rival, your ability to get up for the game is impacted. So I, I can't say that that's necessarily true all the time, but like at Carolina, when you're playing Maryland, your hype, like that is the game. You got to beat them. Um, because back then they were actually in the ACC, which they are no longer. Um, how do I get myself hyped? honestly the locker room like the locker room vibes with the the music bumping your teammates some of them have their own headphones on and you can see like the intensity on their faces you know all that stuff um for me sometimes i read scripture and that, that's helpful for me to kind of have perspective because sometimes when they're really big games, right, there's a lot of pressure to win. There's a lot of pressure to perform, especially U.S., you know, with it being the spotlight is on you. Every time you step on the field, you're expected to perform and you're being evaluated constantly. Um, being grounded and having perspective of, although it is the most important thing to me, it is just a game. That allows me to kind of, loosen up my shoulders and and gain that perspective that this this is meant to spark joy in all of us this is meant to be fun not you know uh, something that we shrink 
but instead we rise to the occasion. So lots of different stuff, depending on the day. I mean, sometimes I'm, I'm throwing a dance party in the locker room. Sometimes I'm focused. <laughs> and if you're playing Maryland, no need to even talk no to you. No need. There is no need. Don't tell Taylor, <laughs> but there's no need to get excited because it's built in. <laughs> I get it. That's going to be all of us in December. Just like the first pass we throw, we're just gonna be like, Oh my God, I'm so hyped. <laughs> yeah, and it's going to go all the way up over someone's head, but that's fine. It's just feedback. It's, it's just fine. Feedback. It's feedback. We're going to build on it. We're going to rise. You've been in the gym too long. You're so strong. You forgot, you know, it's all, it's all the push-ups we did this morning. Thank you, Jay. Maybe push-ups will do that for you. <laughs> Okay, um, so Catherine asked one of my favorite questions from Catherine here. Um, one thing you would tell young listeners that you wish that you knew when you were their age? Ooh, one thing I would tell listeners. I'm gonna say to have fun. I think when you look at lacrosse players now there there are a lot of girls who specialize right in lacrosse they don't play in other sports because they're so focused on getting to college and doing the next thing and um you know being competitive is great but in my own personal opinion female athletes play their best when they're having fun and they're enjoying what they're doing um so trying to keep a perspective of having fun because ultimately that's that's what this game is about it's such a beautiful high high paced fast game and it should be fun and it, it should be something that you enjoy doing so although it's great to be motivated and it's great to work your butt off and have huge goals for yourself enjoy it enjoy the process enjoy the failures you know, you, you have to enjoy all of it um, and, and have fun with it because otherwise it's not even worth doing it. Having fun. <laughs> so even, even if you're doing a Zoom workout and your legs are burning and you want to quit, Kylie and I will just throw a dance move out there and pass it along virtually to try and get ourselves through it. Are you ready? ready? Find ready. the joy. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> I am so glad that the people on Zoom caught that one. Yeah. But Thank goodness the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you listening to the podcast, and caught my woe. Is that how you say it? Is that how the young kids say it? I don't even know. Yeah, but that's not how they do it anymore. TikTok. Oh, oh my God. TikTok. <laughs> oh, no. Don't tell them that. <laughs> All right, our last question from our KO17 lacrosse fam. Kat is actually here with us. She'd like to know, um, what is the best piece of advice you can give to a freshman playing college lacrosse? Uh, time outside of practice is huge and where great players are made. So everyone in the country who plays college lacrosse has to show up and has to go to practice and has to work hard at practice, right? That's, that's a given. So the amount of hours that you're putting in as a lacrosse player when it's a team atmosphere isn't necessarily special. Where you grow and where you develop your game and your confidence 
is what you're doing before practice. How late are you staying after practice? How much time are you putting into your individual game? Um, I think that is honestly such a huge separator between the girls who are good and the girls who are great. Um, so I would definitely say get out on the field, whether it's by yourself getting reps with a teammate or two or a coach, if you're allowed to do individuals, like those are huge. Um, so spend, spend the time on yourself and you're going to reap the benefits. Beautifully put, um, our, you know, our, our team USA assistant coach, Joe Spelina likes to say that the wall never takes a day off right (laughs) he's got nuggets too nuggets they definitely all have nuggets that we just they stick it with you right yeah so now we have them there you go see wall never takes a day off i'm sure you'll say that to your girls (laughs) you know i read a i read a good one today um fakes are free wow right simple good alliteration and I'll never forget it. Fakes are, are free. free. Nobody's ever going to charge you for those. Nope. Nope. <laughs> wow. I'm taking them into my KO17 sessions. Get ready, girls. Fakes are free. <laughs> All right. We're going to continue the laughs here for our last little segment that I like to call quick finishes. Right on the crease. Let's go. Fakes are free. So nice, quick little speed round here. Whatever first comes to your mind. You ready? Ready. Okay, favorite movie. Uh, favorite movie. Remember the Titans. Best concert you've ever been to. I don't go to a lot of concerts, but I want to go to see Thomas Rhett in person. Okay, that's a that's a good answer. That's my goal concert. Um, his kids are so cute, by the way. Oh, I know. <laughs> okay, don't get us started. We'll just gossip all night. Sorry, okay, sorry. favorite candy. Uh, watermelon sour patch. No, no question. Yes. <laughs> like you. Favorite meal of the day, breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Dinner for sure. I can house some food at night. Okay. So tacos or pizza? Oh, pizza, but only if it's from up North. Okay. That is a fair answer. Thank you for, for adding that detail. We have to be specific because if I'm living in the South, I'm not getting it. <laughs> All right, best place you've ever traveled to? Ooh, um, when I, a couple years ago, my husband and I uh, flew out to LA where his dad lives and his dad's got a sailboat and we sailed to Catalina Island and that was awesome. Wow. Yeah, so cool. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right, uh, one thing on your bucket list. Leave the country. I've never left. Really? Yep. I want to be an international traveler. Well, what would be your first place? Ooh. Anywhere with a beach and clear water. (laughs) You know, you can find those here too, right? Yeah, but I'm talking like Jamaica or, you know, some small island where it's just me. (laughs) And Clayton. He can come too. He can come too. Um, all right. Last but not least, I also, I've never seen anybody do research on this before, <laughs> um, but you sent me a text earlier today and I'm so excited to ask you about what your spirit animal is. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything. So I, I took one of those like Buzzfeed quizzes. <laughs> Wait, I have to read it. 
I still kept it up. Um, apparently, my spirit animal is a deer. Um, so I guess there's that because I am sensitive and have a strong intuition, but I'm also quick. Physically, not incorrect. So <laughs> we're going to go with that. I'm a, I'm a deer. Yes. Um, Honestly, I'm, I'm a little more of an introvert if I'm not doing Zooms like that. So that makes sense. I'm quieter. I'm more reserved until I find out that you love HGTV and then we're best friends and I won't stop talking. Yes. Deer do that as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. So deer love HGTV. Love um, <laughs> I love it. So many little nuggets from you today. I know. I, I know we were mentioning people who were mentors in our lives. Um, that have gotten us to this point and who continue to support us. But um, I hope that you know that you are one of those people for me. Um, and I'm so excited to hopefully be your roommate again soon. <laughs> Jenny and Joe, if you're listening, make us roommates. Put us together. We need to share the heating pad. Um, <laughs> bought my own though, so we could like double it down. I don't know, just the thought. HGTV will be on the whole time. So if anybody has new um, shows for us, we are all in. But um, thank you so much for being here and for sharing all of your experiences and knowledge and wisdom from your journey. I know that a lot of the things that you said today are going to help a lot of young people out there, um, you know, find their paths. So I appreciate you so much. And I can't wait for the next Zoom workout slash in-person lacrosse situation where we can dance in person. I know. I'm so excited. Don't forget, fakes are free. Fakes are free. We're going to mic drop on that situation. Thank you guys for being here. I'll see you guys again next week. <laughs> Bye, Em. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>